Thanks be to God indeed. Friends, will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, as I speak, I pray that the words of my heart and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, and let us go forth from this space with the warmth of the saints that have been lit in this room and in our lives, carried through us into the lives of others, that their stories continue on, that our love, because of them, continues to shine. Lord, we pray these things in your holy name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen and amen. Brothers and sisters, good morning. I am glad to be with you. If you have not met me, or if you have met me, I think it's important that you know who I am. So just very quickly to all of you, my name is Stefan Thomas Margeson. Stefan Thomas Margeson. That first name, Stefan, the name my parents gave me. Margeson, my family name on my father's side. And Thomas is the name of my grandfather on my mother's side, who passed away before I had a chance to meet him. I'm honored by these names. Stefan Thomas Margeson is that name that I share with you this morning for a particular reason, because I want you to know that in a number of years, maybe three, maybe 10, maybe 20, I'm not sure, but in a number of years, I plan to write a book. And when I do, when you get so excited about this book that Stefan Thomas Margeson has written, and you go and buy 10 copies of it, 20 maybe, and you share it around with all of your friends, and at some point those friends are going to come back to you, and they're going to be so excited and, and baffled and, and wondered, and they're going to say, to your own confusing and bafflement, they'll say, I can't believe that you know a saint. They'll be so enlightened by this book. But you'll, you'll be confused for a little bit. You'll think about that for some time. You'll look over the book as they've handed it back to you, and you'll see on the back side, and you'll correct them when you realize what they've understood. And you'll say, no, no please, the S.T. Margeson doesn't mean St. Margeson. <laughs> it's just my name that my parents gave me. My publicist chose it. I had nothing to do with it. So just so you know. But if you'll indulge me a little bit this morning, there is something that I've already written. You have it in your hands. It's the bulletin. Would you open that to where the sermon is? And right next to the sermon, there's a question that I've written. Would you look at that? And then when you have it, I'd like all of us to say it together, if you will. That question right there next to the sermon, it's the title, if you will. Let's say it together. One, two, three. I'm so glad that you asked. I am so glad that that is on your mind this morning as we prepare our hearts for how God is leading us outside of this space. Where are they? Well, let's go back to the beginning, the beginning of saints, and I'll pick on my Catholics in the room if you know who the first saint of the church is. Does anyone know? It's Saint Peter. Is that surprising to you? One of the most flamboyant of all the disciples that shows up in so many boisterous and wonderful ways, Saint Peter is the first saint of the church. Now, as they understand this tradition of holding saints close to them, the same tradition that we hold today, they have held for a long time. And even before the saints, as we understood them, starting with St. Peter in the New Testament, even in the Old Testament, although they didn't call them saints then, you see those early Christians and those Jewish people of the New Testament, when they looked back on old and remembered the people that had brought them to the place where they now stand, they remembered the prophets. And so in the New Testament, you'll see them acclaiming the prophets of old, the words that they shared, the meditations that they changed 
through the people, through the lands, asking them to be better than they were before. Those are the prophets. And as we continue into the New Testament story, we begin to see the saints. In those early churches, they knew who the saints were because of those scriptures that they held so dear as they moved forward in their life. They'd look back on those scriptures that they shared with one another, that they listened to in times of need, and they saw the saints. Those disciples and the apostles, those people found in the letters that Paul wrote, and in Revelation here as well with St. John, these were the saints. But a problem came because at some point along the way, around 400 AD, the church gathered together and they decided, these are the books that we definitely want to have in the Bible. Let's put those together, call it canon, call it a day, and continue on. Now what a wonderful thing it is to have this Bible now collected for us that was put together. But after that time, there was a question that began among the people because they understood those saints to be the people they found in those Testament scripture. And so as time went on, when that Bible was closed, when that canon no longer added new stories or new people, there were then no new saints. And for a couple of hundred years, they went about with no global understanding, no understanding of who the new saints were in life, except for that one or two family members that you held dear in your small family. But the larger church did not gather together under, under, under an understanding of who the new saints would be. And they began to ask that question. What was that question, church? That question kept them wondering and asking, and they looked forward into the Pope at that time. Around 993, Pope John XV decided we should make a change. And so in that moment, in that year, put forth, declared the first official saint of the Catholic Church, Saint Ulrich who was a man that was profoundly effective not only in the church but in schools and changing the way they understood how they moved forward as disciples. A profound story if you'll go back and spend some time with it. And so there begins a tradition of recognizing the saints in the church as they went on and pope after pope after that would recognize not one, not two, not dozens, but often hundreds if not thousands of saints during their time as pope. One, I read that even in one foul go, in one foul swoop, named 813 saints all at once. It's a profound tradition to recognize the saints in the Roman Catholic Church, one that continues to this day. Last year, in 2022, on October 9th, is the most recent saint added to that number, Saint Zeti. Some odd names, maybe unfamiliar to us, but the practice of recognizing and remembering saints is not so distant to us, is it? No, here we are on All Saints Sunday, celebrating just this. But it's a part of our culture that's been long-standing, not just on Sunday, one Sunday a year, but even in the scriptures that we read, as our tradition moves past a Latin reading of scripture in Greek and Hebrew and we begin to get our first translations in English in the late 1500s and early 1600s, things like the, the uh, King James Version, those early texts, I, I hope that you know, if you've read theirs, you might have understood that saints came up pretty often. In fact, those same psalm texts that we read just a moment ago, each one declared saint in the verse. But did you hear it today? It was oddly 
missing, and, and I find that peculiar, and I spent a little time in wonder about that, because these scriptures are talking about the saints, and at one point they did say saints, but now they don't. It's an odd thing, but at some point along the way, around 1970, when we get a few other new translations in English of the Bible, some of those words as saints begin to get transitioned over to faithful ones, to holy persons, to consecrated servants. They're changed to all sorts of different names, but not saints. A peculiar thing. Now, in our culture today, we know that the celebration of saints is an important thing, and yet, it seems as though in some places we've forgotten how to celebrate that well. We've forgotten how to honor the saints as often as they need to be honored, and even in our Bible readings, those names saints has been changed. Now, I'm not saying that one translation is better or more right or more wrong than the other, but it is odd, isn't it? Don't you wonder about that question? What was that question, church? Where are they? Because the saints are important, are they not? Now, I, for one, I don't want to see my saints disappear. I don't want to see them celebrated one day a year and then moved on and not thought about throughout the rest of our year. I know that you don't. I, for one, I have saints included in that company. Caleb and Barb and Lorraine, to name a few. You yourselves have saints that you hold on to today, do you not? They're either sitting next to you in your chair or they're with you in your heart, or for many of you this morning, they're in a candle, reminded of their warmth and love that is still remains with us. Yes? I don't want to see these saints go anywhere. What do we do? Because as we move about life, as we move about our days, what happens? And, and we even get to those places where we celebrate the saints for the glory that they move on to in the funeral services that we hold. And if it's on Saturday or Sunday or Friday, in that hour or two that we gather together to remember their, their memory, to pull back their stories into our lives, to share laughter and tears and all the sorts that comes along with it. And then on Monday, where do we go? We go back to work. We go back to shopping. We go back to conversations that are anything but conversations. So I hope and I pray that we might take time to pause and remember as often as we can, maybe as often as we worship, surely as often as we pray, those saints that remain with us. Can I tell you about mine? Grandma Barb. Grandma Barb was the first saint that was gifted to me when I was younger, around three or four. I don't have many memories of her, but at the same time, I have as many profound memories of her as I do anyone else in my life. When people talk about St. Barb, they often talk about her being a nurse. They talk about the goodness that she shared with people who were sick and hurting in the midst of troubling times. But they laugh and they share stories that one of the favorite things that they remember is how Grandma Barb, St. Barb, would teach the new nurses that came in. 
even going so far as to crochet anatomical figures to be able to show the new nurses what they were working on. I remember stories in the community, of course, of the, the goodies that she shared, the apple pie and the chocolate crinkle cookies. But I remember more the laughter that people would share as they talk about St. Barb as she gathered together the teenagers in the community and taught them how to change a diaper and to give a baby a bath so that they might go and help the young parents as they're struggling to figure out this new phase of life. I remember at holidays, the apple pies. But what I remember most is St. Barb as she sat at the kitchen counter preparing that apple pie. And not every stroke of peeling the apple, but maybe every fifth or sixth, she'd have to peel that apple back and take that peel and hand it down to the hand of a little Stefan. That's what I remember most. I learned a lot from my saints, more than I ever truly realized. And I never truly understand the profound nature of what the saints did for me, did for us, until I began to read this fantastical story of Revelation. Have you ever opened up to that book? It's a bit of a wild book, isn't it? Some people are a little bit fearful of it, but why? Because it's in there, it's a story of the Bible, it's one of those collected from years and years ago that is meant to be for us. If you know anything about Revelation, I hope it's this, is that before all those fantastical stories, know that it is of the revelation of God. And so as I think about the saints that have gone on before me, as I think about the saints that have worked in my life, I know something now that they knew then that they themselves had an understanding of God's revelation for the world. That they themselves, in the same nature of what happened in this book, Revelation, that they were swept up just as St. John, the last saint of that canonical story in the Bible, just as St. John was swept up by the Holy Spirit into a cloud of witnesses to see for himself what the future of worship and love and goodness and peace of everything is. And I know that my saints had a picture of that because when they were here on earth, they acted for that in all ways. In everything big and everything small, even in the passing on of an apple slice to a little hand, they were working for the new heaven and the new earth there in that moment. And friends, I'll be so bold as to say, I think, I wonder, I'm pretty sure that as they were swept up into that vision of the world, that as it could be, as it should be, as it will be, as they work towards it, that their vision of the future was probably even more fantastical than that of St. John's in Revelation. We see all the division that is around us. They saw that too, and yet they had a picture of what goodness, what peace, what love, what mercy might show shine through in all ways, and what a grand notion that is for them to understand that that could be for us. 
for the children that they left behind, for the grandchildren that they loved, for even the great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and so on that they might never meet and yet still affect. This is the profound nature of what I understand the saints to be a part of, that they would swept into God's vision, God's revelation for the world so wholly, so wonderfully, so completely and beautifully that they acted each and every day as if it was about to happen, that in the midst of them working alongside God, that they were making all things new, even me, even you. And so... Brothers and sisters, I, I wonder if you'll, you'll allow me to ask a silly question. It might sound a little bit like the beginning of a bad joke, but how many saints does it take to change the world? Have you ever thought about that? There's two answers. The first is one, because every saint changes the world. And yet, as we look out at the world, as we look out at all there is yet still to do, can you not see also that the number of saints to change the whole world into God's vision, that's yet to be. Of the hundreds of thousands of the millions of saints that have come before, there is still more work to be done. And so as we sit here in this space, even more as we go out into the world, as we are a part of affecting the new people that come after us, I hope that that question that we started with still rings true in your ear as a mission for you to be a part of. Do you remember what that question is, church? Where are they? Where are the saints that are in our midst today? Where are the ones that are working on the behalf of God's vision for this future now? Where are the saints? And you know what? As you look out, I hope that you'll look not so far away, but closer and closer and closer until you realize that you yourself are called to be just that same saint for someone else. As daunting and as scary and as fantastical as that thought might be for you, that you might become a saint for someone else yet too, isn't it true that the model of the people that have gone on before us begs us to be that? Yes. That they would want us to follow in their footsteps. So shouldn't we aim to? So brothers and sisters, as you go out today, I hope that the spirit of today's worship has been, will be, as you move forward, that you did not come here so that the saints would gather with you. Not only that, but that you are here today and that you are sent forth so that you might gather with the saints in the work that they still have left to be done around you, around us, around this world. No matter how big, no matter how sticky or messy or, well, no matter how sweet. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Brothers and sisters, will you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, our Lord, our Savior, our goodness, our mercy, our love, our Jesus. 
In you, you have reminded us that though our bodies may pass, yet our spirit remains always. And that sometimes in the nature of how this world works, that our bodies must pass in order for our spirits to be with us anew and in a new sense. And yet always, even though you have left this earth, you have come back. You have returned, you have continued to live amongst us in the work of the Holy Spirit that dwells with us. That Holy Spirit reminding us always and everywhere that we are never alone. That Holy Spirit that sweeps us up into the notion of what the world could be, should be, and will be as we continue the work of the saints that have shone brightly before us. And God, we're reminded that in the warmth of a candle, that our saints are ever present with us too. Lord, these things we pray for you, for many, and for all the world. In Christ's holy name, amen.